Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Great to have you with us here on KSL News Radio's Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Uh, if you happen to miss our last uh, conversation with Scott Rasmussen, he always has such good insight into really not just the numbers, what the trends are in terms of what's happening across the country and here in the state of Utah, but he, he really has this great sense of, of the heartbeat of the nation and, and what is really on the minds of real Americans, not those just inside the Beltway, uh, but those who are everywhere else in the country, which uh, I always have to remind myself and everyone else that uh, that is not where the world is happening. The world's happening in our neighborhoods and communities. And as Scott rightly pointed out, uh, if we just look at that, uh, we can have a lot of hope for the future. So if you happen to miss that, you can always pick that up on the KSL News Radio app brought to us by our friends at Any Hour Services. You can uh, download the podcast. You can listen live, take it with you anywhere you go to make sure you are up to the minute uh, and in tune with everything we're uh, talking about here on KSL. Uh, so uh, a lot of conversations have been going on. Uh, obviously, we Elizabeth Warren drops out of the race today. Uh, so that's uh, one more down. We're really down to two uh Three counting Tulsi Gabbard. She is still technically in the race. Uh, but really, this has become a Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden battle. And we'll watch that as we continue to move forward. But, you know, there's there's been a, a lot of conversations over the last week, uh, over the last several months, really, uh, about money in politics. And I think if the, uh, the past week, uh, week and a half, proved anything, uh, it proved that, uh, as the Beatles rightly said, money can't buy you love, can't buy you a vote. Uh, and it... Money alone cannot buy you an election. Uh, now, money can be very helpful to a campaign. All campaigns need money. They do run on cash, but mostly they run on volunteers. Money can help you early on. It can help you get your, your name out there, get some name ID. It can help you rent uh, field offices or, or get swag and T-shirts and hats for your supporters. Uh, it can even provide you a paid posse if you're a presidential candidate uh, as you move about. Uh, and it can even enable the, the campaign to respond to attacks, uh, can promote your agenda through social media. Uh, money rarely, rarely sparks a movement. Uh, it never creates a grassroots organization. And I actually think that's a good thing. Uh, that's good for the democracy. That's good for our republic. Because this is what I've learned. Salaried staff and paid advertising will rarely, if ever, defeat a real grassroots movement. It's just the way it is. I've seen it over and over and over again. 
Uh, and while I am one of those who believes we have way too much money in our politics, uh, even just the Democratic primary alone shows I mean, Mike Bloomberg spent half a billion dollars. Bernie Sanders has already spent $116 million to date. Pete Buttigieg, $100 million. Elizabeth Warren spent over $90 million. And that's money raised and spent. Uh, and then you even had someone like Tom Steyer, who spent over $20 million of his own money, uh, in, in essence, to try to become the president of South Carolina. He focused all of his money uh, right there, $20 million in South Carolina. Uh, and then, And that's just the people who have dropped out recently. If you go back to all the other presidential candidates, I mean, think Kamala Harris, tens of millions, Cory Booker, tens of millions. Uh, and so the, the numbers really are staggering uh, in terms of what has been raised, what has been donated by hardworking Americans and rich people as well. <laughs> uh, not that rich people are not hardworking. They're often very hardworking. Uh, but it's also ironic uh, the amount of time that has been spent on debate stages and in town hall meetings complaining about the millionaires and billionaires and their attempt to buy the election. Just listen to this uh, little collection of uh, greatest hits over the last little bit. When people look at the White House and they see this multimillionaire, I don't think they say, oh, we need someone richer. I think you have to earn votes and not buy them. The best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? I don't think anyone ought to be able to buy their way uh, into a nomination or to be president of the United States. Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders from neighboring Vermont, says you're in the pocket of billionaires because of the donations you've gotten. Your reaction? You know, I'm the only candidate on those debate stages and in this race uh, uh, among the major candidates who's not a millionaire or a billionaire. What would define your campaign? Standing up to the billionaire class. Okay. Uh, now, just to be fair, I think it is incredibly hypocritical to denounce the millionaires and the billionaires while you are standing on a stage hawking your own website to a national television audience begging for millions of dollars. Uh, you, that just doesn't work, folks. You cannot stand on a stage begging for money and complain about those who have a lot of money. Uh, that just uh, that just doesn't fly. Uh, but I, but I want to do this. Uh, I want to set aside the the billionaires for a minute. Um, there are many campaigns for federal office, state, local offices that that chase money, that just chase chase the donor cash. And of course, there's sometimes strings that go with those. To be sure, uh, but they do that to solve their proximate campaign problems. But here's the thing that I've learned from campaigns all over this state and states across the country, national elections. Uh, here's here's the rule. Cash flow covers a multitude of sins. I used to use this all the time in my business consulting. I'd go into a business or an organization. I'd say, you just need to know cash flow covers a multitude of sins. Because in a business, if cash flow is good, if you've got money in the bank, you can ignore the fatal design flaws of your new product. You can gloss over all kinds of gaping holes in your sales model or, or a, a host of customer complaints. Uh, you can look past all kinds of overruns in your cost of goods, or you can avoid removing an ineffective leader uh, who may be gumming things up. But if cash flow is still good, money's in the bank, you're doing okay, you might ignore that or give them a pass. So doing all those things because there is cash flow uh, 
It just suggests everything's okay, and it's not. And campaigns are exactly the same. Uh, Having an army of volunteers may not be the most efficient way to hang door signs or to gather signatures or to make calls to voters. Uh, But I'll tell you, every volunteer who engages in those kind of activities, they become part of the cause and they feel like they're part of something. They're part of that potential success story. And the thing that I know is that citizens not only want to know that their ballot mattered to you, uh, they want to know that they matter to you. And that's the difference in some of these campaigns. I think it was the major problem of the Bloomberg campaign. Nobody ever felt needed. Why do you need me to go hang a yard sign? Why do you need me to make calls or knock on doors? Uh, You're paying for it all. And there's just something inherently American about, you know, bootstrapping it, skin in the game, sweat equity. All of those things are really transformational. They, They create community. They create a movement. And the interesting thing, it also says a lot about the candidates. Candidates who aren't willing to do the hard work and the heavy lifting, who just kind of want to buy everything, uh, it's usually a pretty good indicator of how they're going to govern as well. Uh, it's also interesting, and a lot, not a lot of people are talking about this. I want to throw this out as we wrap up this segment. You know, some people criticize Mayor Blueburn for obviously his record-setting spending uh, as an attempt to buy the election. But there's also this counter thing, uh, because obviously trying to buy it didn't work anyway. Uh, But there were others who worried that, you know, if he just had a a salaried staff, paid consultants, no donors, uh, if he did win, would he go into the White House not feeling accountable to anybody because it was just his victory? Uh, So neither of those approaches are uh, are really good for the democracy for sure. Uh, So we're going to continue to have this debate, obviously, about the the issue of money in elections. Uh, But just remember, money alone can't buy an election anywhere, whether that's a governor's race, whether that's the presidency, whether it's a local mayor's race. Uh, Elections require real leadership, organization, discipline, vision. Uh, You have to be able to lead a group of volunteers before you're going to lead a community or a country. And again, I think that's good for democracy. I think that's good for the republic. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, uh, we're going to get some great insight from a very young man. Stay with us. You don't want to miss this on KSL News Radio.